0: Hey everybody, welcome to Artifice episode 126. I'm in a great mood today. Want to know why? I just got my braces off. Hell yeah. I'm so excited. My teeth feel slimy, but amazing. It's a great feeling. Braces off. Uh, one of the longest 18-month periods of my life, um, but I'm glad it's over. Still getting used to this uh, permanent retainer. Anyway, nothing has ever been more boring than what I'm saying right now, but uh, I am really excited to have my praises off. Um, okay, gosh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've done like a normal episode. Um, last week, I released the song diary for Breaking Room, which is my newest single. It's out. It's an 80s bop. It's so much fun. If you haven't heard it, please go listen to it. You're gonna like it. You're just gonna like it. I know you will. Um, And I'm really excited because the next song that I'm gonna start promoting here pretty soon is one of my favorite songs on the whole record. It is just epic and dark and cool. It's awesome. So anyway, that's just a little teaser. More on that coming soon. Um, Today's guest is a new friend who I met for the first time in this interview. Um, She is a music or an art therapist. Um, I haven't interviewed an art therapist before, so, um, you know, it was about time. And she also, of course, is an artist. She uses a ton of different mediums, works in a bunch of different mediums. Her primary medium is ceramics, um, but she does a whole bunch of stuff that we'll get into, and I'll I'll let her tell you about it. Um, But I'm going to read you her bio right now. Um, Mallory Christensen was born in Montana, but raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. She graduated from Westminster College with a Bachelor of Fine Arts with an emphasis in ceramics and a minor in psychology. Upon completion at Westminster, Mallory moved to Seattle, Washington to pursue a graduate degree in marriage and family therapy with a specialization in art therapy. Having earned her master's degree from Antioch University, she moved back home to Utah and is now working as an art therapist and a marriage and family therapist therapist. In her free time, she loves exploring different art mediums and challenging herself to try new things. Art has always been a way for Mallory to relax and de-stress and is one of the best coping tools she has found. When, um, when the, when the, sorry, this is written in like the, um, The first person, so I'm translating. Okay, while they are complex, the tedious process which I, which Mallory applies to her patterns has always been therapeutic to her. Wow, I really messed up that last sentence, but I think you guys get the gist. Um, I don't think there's other news. The news is my braces are off. So, you know, if you've been like waiting to follow me on TikTok because you're like, I just can't look at Emily if she has braces. I mean, they're off now. So head on over to TikTok. I'm figuring it out. I'm, you know, making at least one video every single day. It's a ton of content creation. I'm trying to really be creative and have fun with it. So, you know, if you just need more of me in your life, make sure you're following on TikTok. As always, make sure you're on the mailing list if you want to get the new single a week early, blah, 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 that's all the things. More importantly, please give your attention to Mallory Curtis. Here she comes. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists, and I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. (laughs) Still. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a full-time musician. Um I started this podcast um almost 3 years ago when I um I had I was teaching at BYU and I had just stopped teaching there and um I was just, you know, looking for like a community um and wanted to talk to more like cool artists. So it's awesome. <laughs> kind of, I really like it. It's like a great um it's a great project, but yeah, it's not I don't, it doesn't make any money. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Fair. I just do it because I, it's a passion project. Yeah. Um, he may like, he may lie down. He may wander
1: around. He may leave. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine. He's just adorable. He'll
0: he'll do what he likes.
1: (laughs) I just didn't know if he was loud in here because he was sitting up there. No, he's loud
0: wherever he wants. And also like, he's so funny. He like, won't lie down unless there's like a blanket. Oh, honey. It's it's like, he needs to know, like, this is my spot. (laughs) (laughs) Deal. I know, he's cute. But I bet he'll get up a couple times. Um yeah, please just before be comfy. I yeah. That I'm,
1: like chewing on it.
0: Um yeah, no worries and, and yeah, that, like I said, if you like wanna pause at any time and take a bathroom break, I will like ed- I can edit that out. Okay. Um, any questions before we start? No. Okay. Okay, great. Um, Well, let's talk about
1: your childhood first. Okay.
0: Um, What were you like as a creative child? Like, was there early evidence that you were creative? What kind of stuff were you doing?
1: Oh, I was so creative as a kid.
0: Please tell me everything.
1: Um, it's interesting because my mom jokes that I'm adopted because I, the creative side doesn't come from our family, my grandparents, my great aunt is like the only artist in our family. Cool. Um, I know
0: I'm I'm my family similar.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know where I got it. Um, growing up, I was always drawing, and it's funny because about a year ago, we actually found this drawing of me when I was in second grade, and it was like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I said, "I want to be an artist," yeah. and it's me paint this colored image of crayons of me painting
0: (laughs) and it kind of like it worked out came true um so when you were this kind of creative child coming out of nowhere where are you in
1: like the birth order Um, I am the youngest. You're the youngest. Yep. So I have one older sister who's five years older than me. So it's just me and her.
0: So how was it like, was there like surprise? Was there delight like at having like a creative child or like confusion?
1: Oh, I don't think like from my parents' end. Yeah. Or like just like the family, like,
0: or what, what was it like? Did you, I think maybe I'm wondering like, you know, were there already like arts and craft supplies in the house or were you like, can I have colored
1: pencils? Um, they weren't shocked or confused. I mean, they were supportive, but it also was just kind of, like, discovering who I am. Yeah. Um. I would say my dad and my mom both were very supportive of, like, oh, let's go get more crayons and yeah. foster this. Cool. Uh, Just like you would with the Barbie dolls and the race cars. Yeah. Mine was just the colored pencils. That's what you <laughs> wanted,
0: what you're interested in. Yeah. yeah. And do you remember, like, I know memory is kind of tricky and also, like, you know, when we're children, like... Our perspective is maybe different, but nevertheless I'm very curious about childhood identity.
1: Go for it. I love um, it. Uh,
0: do you remember feeling like anything about kind of your own creative identity? Like, did you feel like, you know, maybe you had different words for it, but like, did you feel like I'm I'm creative, I'm a creative child, I like art? Like, was that part of your kind of early identity, or how did you kind of feel about it?
1: Yes and no. So I would say that I definitely identified more creatively with the drawing. And I got really big into poetry when I was a kid cool. too. So that was my way of expressing myself more so where some people like do makeup or play with dolls and yeah. like animals, whatnot. Yeah. I was really big into pets. So dogs I loved and coloring. Like those okay. were my hobbies when I was a kid, whereas yes. some people were like, Oh, let's go outside. Let's do sports. I, you could find me with colored pencils. So yes. I would say that that's kind of, it, with my personality, I identified myself as that, but sure. I wouldn't necessarily say. Maybe like,
0: what about? Do Do you remember ever feeling like you were motivated to like get better at drawing? Like, did it kind of go beyond like play? Oh yeah. Okay. Tell yeah. Me, tell me about that. So
1: I was. I would go to the library, check out the books of how to sketch. Um, I'm very much a cheat growing up. I remember printing off images and putting them on the window and tracing over them. Yeah, yeah. I did stuff And being stuff like, like look, that at, look at how great I am. And <laughs> it was really, I'm copying someone else's yeah. work here.
0: Well, it's still like you're learning like the motions. I also think that kind of thing is, is kind of meta creative for children. Like yeah. it's problem solving.
1: Fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting though, because I always loved art, but I think it was more so kind of the coloring pages for okay, me. Okay, okay, yeah um while i can draw it definitely is not drawing is not my forte and i learned that from an early age sure
0: yeah um and then uh with with like poetry or maybe i want to ask a question about coloring first okay um were you like tending to color um things in the books like what they would be in real life
1: yes okay cool yes i very much this is how it needs to be and did you want it to be like
0: excellent and perfect yes cool cool
1: yeah (laughs) yes do do you
0: remember like and again I know memory like I don't know but I remember stuff like this from my childhood so I'm always curious but do you remember feeling like like proud of things did you want to hang them up like
1: yes I don't know if it was necessarily I mean I was really proud to show them off I don't remember if I necessarily wanted to hang them up, but my parents did a good job of supporting that's, me in hanging them yeah, up whether I they wanted that. to or not. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's such an important thing like I hear a lot of cuz I've done like, you know, in the, in the neighborhood of like 125 interviews, and a lot of my guests will say, you know, my they'll talk about the way that the adults in their lives like um treated their young creations like as Um, like they mattered, you know, like they'll, they'll hang them up or, you know, help the child, like submit them to writing contests Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, So I wanted to ask about your poetry. How did you like, how did you start?
1: Um, I don't know how I even got started in that. Poetry and like just writing has always been a good outlet for me, just kind of coping and getting my feelings out there. Yeah. The first poem I remember actually was... Fourth or f- I guess it would probably be fifth grade. Okay. The prompt was like a significant. It was the reflections contest. I don't know if you're. I,
0: I do. Yeah. Okay. I actually like. I have like a a book upstairs that's like my poetry entry in reflections. Yeah. So
1: it was the reflections contest for my elementary school, and it was Cute. a significant life event, or how did this change you? I don't even remember something along those lines. Um, and for some reason, my parents didn't tell me I needed to do this, but. I wrote a poem about 9/11. Yeah. And so I was actually supposed to be on the first plane that hit on 9/11. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So we had changed the flight the night before. Uh, we were on a family vacation. Wow. But was actually had supposed to be on that one. And so I was in first grade, 6 years old. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And for some reason then in fifth grade it was like a significant life event and little 6-year-old me didn't fully understand it, but I sure. recognized like the significance. Yeah. And I remember third and fourth grade checking out all the books about nine eleven, trying <laughs> to
0: like get some context.
1: Yeah. yeah, and this was me is that like one of my favorite ones was like the unspoken heroes of nine eleven, and it was dogs. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I loved that of like, oh, this guy, this dog helps this blind like man, helping the fire,
0: helping the firemen, <laughs> yeah, and fire people, fire firefighters, firefighters. I got Thank you, you. <laughs> it's like a Monday morning brain hey, going that. on over here that.
1: in my head yeah. so <laughs> yeah so I would check all of those out and so then fifth grade came around and I had wrote this poem in a reflections contest and I remember sitting with my dad writing it and there was maybe one line that I couldn't rhyme yeah and he ended up rhyming like the one line but then was like we need to enter this and yeah. I wasn't really thinking that I was going to like I did it to enter it yeah but it wasn't thinking it was going to go very far sure and it actually made it pretty far and we printed it and framed it and everything and that's, that's kind of lovely. when it started yeah I don't necessarily like publish any of my poems or share them with you people still write? I still that's write great. all the time yeah
0: did you um uh did you like read a lot as a as a child as a child like yes. this lang- language
1: coming in the not like super educational books I mean yeah fun books yeah Yeah, B. Jones yeah that's where I was at cool (laughs) so
0: you had a lot but you had like vocabulary coming in and kind of like enriching your imagination yeah um I'm I'll ask you more about like the writing you're doing now in a little bit um were you dabbling in any other mediums any music or performing arts no
1: i was required to learn an instrument growing up so i played piano but okay. that quickly stopped as soon as i and could did you
0: i know you You grew up in billings right
1: um i was born in oh, billings born in montana Williams. okay um moved out here when i was five okay, okay. so utah's okay. home for me and uh
0: okay were there like i was gonna ask like if there were if there were like horses in your life no Just, just i always just dogs. i
1: always wanted a horse growing yeah. up Always, and I would joke with my mom and my grandma. And my grandma's like, if I could afford a horse, and your mom would let me, yeah. you would have a horse.
0: Oh, horses are so like just majestic and beautiful. Yes, like such inspiring creatures.
1: And I'm actually allergic to them. Is the best really? part. So my roommate in college had them, and we'd go ride them, and I was so allergic, but worth it. So but worth all it. All worth it. Yeah. Um, always been a dog lover. I like cats too, but dogs. Yeah. Dogs have my heart. Cool. I'm allergic to cats. Um, I actually didn't get a dog until I was sixth grade cool there's
0: my first dog yeah and my parents like don't like animals so
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's uh ours just passed away in july our family I'm dog so of 12 sorry. years oh it's okay yeah. um but yeah i keep bugging my parents because i live with my parents and i'm like we're gonna get another puppy and yeah. they're like as soon as you move out and i'm like deal that will be my housewarming gift um, to myself as retired
0: a dog. greyhounds are like excellent pets yes i just want all the
1: dogs yeah I want a dog too. I
0: keep telling my husband I want to get a puppy. Yes, (laughs) because we got Bear when he was like five. So, how old Um, is he now? He's almost ten. Oh baby, you know he's an old man. (laughs) He's getting old. He's starting to get like warts. (laughs) No, like like, just getting like old man growths on his like little dog body. I feel that. (laughs) Um. So let's talk about like as you got to like being an older child. Um, how did your creativity develop um, into your teen years? Like, I'm interested in like, you know, you, what you remember about, you know, developing kind of curiosity. I'm interested in how you kind of went from like art as play to like art as a, like a practice. Um, and maybe, you know, how you picked up. You have done so many mediums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to know how you picked up like each one. Okay. Um. So just maybe focus on the time period of like late childhood teens
1: yeah so drawing is where it started drawing and coloring as a kid getting into middle school we had to choose an elective and it was sewing drawing painting okay. or else choir so yeah. it was like the three or else choir and band me I did not have a good voice I, I'm fully aware of that still to this day <laughs> we all so have strengths. <laughs> <laughs> chose the painting side hmm. and I loved the painting drawing aspect I was never one to do portraits or anything like that but I loved pattern work okay so I would create the still life but then create a crazy background pattern cool so that was seventh grade um and had
0: you painted before
1: that probably a little bit as far as just like messing yeah. around or like watercolors or the cheap dollar store paints. I feel like
0: paint feels like serious
1: yeah did you do you re- yes. did you feel anything it was about intimidating that? yeah I remember cool. yes my painting teacher and so that was the only time I'd painted was in seventh grade until okay. I got to college. Okay, okay. So then eighth grade, same thing, drawing. Ninth grade, I got to take a ceramics class. Cool. Oh, and I thought I was hot, everything. Like, I was the best, <laughs> yeah. and I look back on those, and I'm like, oh, why? Like, but why did,
0: you, why, why did you feel that then? Just,
1: like, pulling ahead in the class, like, feeling more intuitive about it? It just connected with me, and I mm. honestly can't even explain it. It was just some people would struggle with some of the tasks or like making stamps just some of like the what I considered basic yeah. and if I struggled I loved it and I remember mm. one of my pieces I made too thick and it actually exploded in the kiln cool and I loved it <laughs> like awesome. I was like oh and I took it as learning yeah. lesson and I yeah. remember one of my peers is like I spent so much time I was like so emotional and I kind of care less
0: you know I've been thinking about this recently too like I, I almost, so, cause I, I, I'm a teacher too mm-hmm. and I feel sort of obsessed with like, where does creativity come from? Like, what's the difference between, you know, like talent, uh, like natural talent, you know, and then like, um, like a desire or like a passion or like, you know, I don't know. I'm just interested in these things. And sometimes I kind of feel like the mediums that, you know, we gravitate toward might not even be the ones we're like better at, but almost like you kind of can understand like you have an an intuition about the process or like what it's going to be. So it's less like scary. Do you feel, does that like, what do you think?
1: Oh, I totally relate to that. Yeah. Because I would have never growing up looking back at kid or middle school be like, I'm going to be a ceramicist. This is, who says that? It's just like something
0: (laughs) that like when you get your hands on it, it just, you kind of are like, oh, I get this.
1: But I also don't remember being a kid and playing in Play-Doh either. Interesting. It's yeah. what the most like Yeah. It wasn't like I was like obsessed with Clay wow. Doh and we need to go to clay.
0: So when you start when you took the ceramics class,
1: was it like pot spinning or was it like It was all hand building. Okay, cool. And so all extruders. Kind of extruders, coil work. Cool. And so that and then I continued on with the drawing class, of course. Um when you were taking the ceramics class, uh did you
0: like Did the way that your teachers or peers like saw what you were doing, did that inform kind of how you felt about it? Like whether there was praise or like, yes, jealousy, even
1: there was definitely praise. And a lot of my peers recognized kind of the desire and passion I had for it. So any extra time that I could spend, I would, or it was, okay, you need to make a coil pot and I'm making a coil pot and a coil animal okay okay so I'm always going above and beyond or just because I loved it and so that was kind of like my peers were like you don't need to do this why not just put your energy into this one yeah well I was already done with that one so why not keep working
0: sure and do you remember like anything about how how it felt to you to be like I'm responding to this medium like a little differently from my peers like did you did you feel um did it feel significant that you were like uh Maybe just a little bit kind of more interested or more kind of natural at it?
1: I don't say, I don't think that it was really too significant at that time for me. I would say that 10th grade is when that started for me. Okay, okay. Please continue. Yeah, no, you're fine. (laughs) So then 10th grade was looking into electives and again did the drawing class and I also did a photography class. Cool. And that was the first like semester the first two quarters and the next semester i did ceramics so the photography teacher and i i did photography all three years in high school okay loved it got really big into that in photoshop cool and then ceramics though is when that first year we did a little bit of hand throwing but then it was wheel throwing or hand building sorry sure sure and then wheel throwing and wheel throwing i fell in love with like day one yeah cool so messy, such a disaster. And it was amazing. How does that like, did that feel? Um, do you remember like what you liked about it? The tactile nature of it for sure. And I liked the messy aspect because it was like playing in mud. Yeah. So the hand building is clean. It's cool. More solid clay. Whereas when you're throwing, it's that wet, less, it feels less controlled. Sure. And so I have anxiety. I was just going to ask, like, how does it relate to like your personality? Oh, so I have anxiety and depression. Yeah, me too. And my anxiety wants it to be perfect. Yeah. And for some reason, this was the first thing that, not the first thing I couldn't control, but the first thing I wanted to control and I couldn't, Mm, and it didn't stress me out. Yeah. Like I loved the fact that I couldn't control it.
0: Did you feel like there was like a, I don't know, like a, did it feel like kind of safer in, in a way? Yes. Because like, oh, totally. it's not controllable. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. It
1: wasn't just me as a thing. Yeah. So there's some things that it's like, Oh, I should be able to control this. And I can't. Right. It's that like, this I, I literally you couldn't. can't control
0: it. Yeah. yeah. I can relate to that a little bit. Cause I, I, um, I'm similar. Like I have really bad anxiety. I didn't start having more depression until I was like in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've, I've had really bad struggles with anxiety since I was a little kid. And, uh, I majored in jazz studies, which is improvised music. And I think I had a similar, I don't know, I do get stressed out about improvising, but I think there was something like something in my like young kind of gut instincts that I felt like I need to like put myself in a place where like things are messier. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I just, I just had like a sense that that was like something that I was going to need to. I don't know that it was like balance that I needed. Yeah, (laughs) and that's exactly control.
1: Yeah, exactly what it was. Yeah. So then that's when I fell in love with it, and that's when I realized, okay, this is not just—I mean, it was—it was was a hobby, but I was one that was waking up at the school didn't classes didn't start till seven forty-five, seven fifty, and my teacher was like, "I'm here at six thirty to load the kiln." And I would meet him at the door at 6.30 to get an extra hour in. Wow. And I would stay after school for two hours when it was off season for sports for yeah. me. Cool. Any extra time I could get, I was there.
0: Cool. Um, I'm, I'm always like, I feel like these, you know, what you're talking about here is what I sometimes call like ownership, which is like, you know, going out of your way or like charting a path that's like you have to kind of like advocate for it. Like it's somehow like outside of the the given. yeah. Um, I feel like it's such a significant like step for a creative to, to be like, uh, you know, I'm not only like kind of reacting to like the creative situations I'm put in. Do you remember like, do you remember like having any feelings about, you know, making decisions to like take those extra actions and, or other people kind of reacting to it?
1: Yeah. Other people called me crazy.
0: <laughs> did was it like she's crazy or was it like okay why are you doing that like was it a positive crazy Both. or like a okay how <laughs> did you feel about it
1: I didn't really care yeah um but yeah I definitely remember taking that initiative and going in early and again it goes back to that okay you need to throw a water pitcher yeah and I'm over here making three of them yeah yeah and they're like why like you don't need to be waking up at six thirty I want to practice and that was me is yeah. I want to practice I want to get yeah. better just because I only need one. Yeah. This one is a five pound water pitcher. By the time you put some water in it, yeah. it's not going to be functional. It's heavy as can be. Yeah. I want to make these walls thinner. I want to make it taller. Yeah. I'm learning all of these different skills. And I like that one-on-one attention from the teacher sure. and getting all of the it's directives. Resource. You're, yeah.
0: you're being resourceful. So um, taking
1: advantage of what was available to me. Totally. And so I got the peers that were like, why you're crazier than some? that's like okay there's Mallory again
0: yeah yeah isn't that interesting like I know a lot of people don't like to talk about that kind of stuff like a lot of artists will say things to me like well it doesn't matter what other people think and I feel like wait yes it does like especially if you're a teenager Mm -hmm. like you know you're building confidence you're trying to like learn how to deal with rejection like those are things that as artists like they don't go away like we all
1: have to learn them so well the best part is is I learned who was on my side and who wasn't so I had people in my class that I was like you should just try it one time and come in with me yeah and then it ended up being like a good four of us that would go in every morning that I had hooked on it like okay why have I not been doing this (laughs) you're
0: also like creating like a like a support group yeah that's awesome (laughs) I love that that's resourceful too like I'm going to bring my friends. So we have, I'm sure that's even more like inspiration and motivation. Oh, totally. Um I was going to ask like, can you, do you have theories about like where the motivation came from? I know motivation, like, like
1: snowballs. Like yeah. I know
0: that, but like, how did, do you remember how you started? Like taking those kind of first steps?
1: I don't because that's what it's funny. I'm not a morning person now. Yeah. And so what got me out of bed at 6am to go play in mud. I don't know.
0: It's like, it's just (laughs) exciting. Like I I reflect on these things sometimes too. And, you know, again, as a teacher, like I'll think back, I'll look at like what my students are doing and what they struggle with. And I'll think back to like what I was doing. And it's like, when you get like a, like a little light like that, it's, it like demands your attention.
1: You kind of just like have to.
0: And that's know. the thing
1: is it was never forced upon me. Yeah. No one ever told me I needed to be this way. But I think that's where that perfectionism comes in in me and that just mm-hmm. natural drive is if I have the resources and time, I want to be better at something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I
1: actually am passionate about it, it's yeah. not everything. Sure. But I mean, it was the same kind of playing out in sports is, okay, I want to go to the gym, weightlift, I want to be in the ceramic studio doing mm. this. When I had photography, I could be doing it at home, but I wanted to be in the studio with people Yeah. surrounded by that creative minds. Yeah. So it was just that drive to be better. Cool.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, so you drew that, that drawing when you were little of like, I want to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that was, that you like were saying like consistently or did that kind of go away for a while and come back? I'm, I'm going to be an artist.
1: I don't remember if I wanted to in middle school, but in high school is when I was still, okay, I'm going to be an artist. I want yeah. to be a photographer. Okay. Which is so strange to me because I refused to take a film photography class in high school. Yeah. So. um, And at that point, like, did any, was any, were your parents like,
0: great, be an artist? Or was there any kind of like pushback?
1: <laughs> oh, they're going to hate me for saying this. There was pushback. Yeah. Um. There, they, o- there often is. Yeah. They definitely supported me and was like, cool, be an artist. Yeah. In your spare time. Yeah, yeah. So I was really, really good at math. Okay. Yeah. Um, science, not so much. But <laughs> my parents were like, be an engineer. Like math came so naturally to yeah. me. Yeah. I was taking college level courses, sophomore year, cool. to the point that I didn't need to take any math classes yeah. in college.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, my dad was actually wanting to be a math teacher. And so he started going to college for that. But I would come home, get 100% on my math test. And he would still sit down with me and be like, teach this to me, because he was so intrigued. Cool. And I could cool. care less to teach him math. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. But yeah. we would sit down every night and do math. My mom's like, you really should be an engineer. You could get so many scholarships, yeah. female, and they yeah, want yeah. good mathematicians. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm good at it, but I hate it.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Like careers in the arts and like, you know, just w- your philosophies about whether young people like should pursue the arts?
1: Oh they totally should pursue it. Yeah, pursue I whatever agree. they want.
0: I totally Whatever agree. makes them
1: happy. And that's it's hard because yes, I'm not going to be making billions of dollars like an engineer would. Yeah. And my school isn't going to be paid for. Yeah because I'm creative versus, Oh, you're really smart. We want you I to got have a my guarantee. school paid for. Hey, there in, you go. A music degree. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. It yeah. is, but it's, it's a lot easier to get scholarships for sure. the sciences for yeah. the STEM kind of my it husband part. was just reminding
0: me the other day. Cause we were, we were talking to, um, my, my husband's younger brother just recently finished his master's degree. And we were just, we were talking about school and scholarships and, Um, My husband was reminding me that when I was starting my master's degree, um, I was told that there was like no scholarships for the arts Mm -hmm. and uh, I like found one somewhere like, but I feel like that's like creative too. I was just like determined and I found, I found a scholarship that like no one in like the music department had ever gotten it's but the like thing good.
1: is to probably find that you had to search and I, Google Drive like all I of these searched things.
0: So much for like months, like I just wouldn't take no for an answer, which is great. Yeah. But that's
1: what I'm saying is like the STEM, like the science, technology, math is yeah, right there. I know Here's my your an
0: engineer, and so. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like you're doing something wrong if your school isn't paid for. Yeah, Yeah, especially in grad school. Oh, yeah. Like you shouldn't be paying for like a Ph.D. in science. (laughs) Like you should be having a a fellowship or something. Exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I talk about this with my guests a lot. And um, almost all of them will say the same thing. Every once in a while, I have someone who's like, well, you can only be an artist if you're actually the best. And I, I just don't agree with that. But I mean, I interview all kinds of artists. And some of them, like, were always the top of their class. And it's that's their perspective. But I always feel like, you know, Our life, your life's, life's short and kind of precious Mm -hmm. and we all want different things. And, you know, some of us like would rather have like a simplicity of stability, which is an illusion anyway, (laughs) like no such thing. Um, But, you know, some of us would rather have a little bit more like, you know, financial struggle and like live a life of creativity. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wish, I wish we had better um, like literacy in our culture. Yeah. For those kinds of decisions. I, I,
1: If you have any thoughts, like as a therapist about this, <laughs> yeah, you, could, <laughs> you can share them at any time. I don't know. It's hard because we do place such an importance on financial stability and not that we need a billion dollar house, but we also need to have a house over our head and yeah. it's, there's so much pressure on money, but for me, I don't know like where I got this message and I want to attribute it to my parents, but I honestly like. I don't think it was really explicitly said, yeah. but I very much, and still to this day, I love my job. Yeah. So to me, I'd rather wake up and enjoy going to work yeah. and come home. Like, yeah, there's obviously struggles with every job, yeah. but be happy with what I did than being miserable, but making lots of money.
0: Totally. Yeah, totally.
1: Totally. And it's sad because society just teaches us from a young age that we need to be.
0: I know. Well, even like my family is really like that. Like my family is very like doctors, lawyers. Like it's just like a a family of like professionals. And um, I have a sister who's um, 20. She's going to be 21 in the summer. And sometimes I'll talk to her and it's almost like, like she's gotten the message that she needs to be making like, you know, $200,000 a year minimum. Mm -hmm. Like she's gotten the message that that's like, that's the minimum of what's like an acceptable number, and I'll I'll talk to her and be like, you know, that's not like <laughs> very many know, people. It's <laughs> like really, like it's it, there's no there's no reason you need to like yeah. you need to make that much money. You don't need that much money to live, um, and especially if you have like good saving habits, you can make like quite a bit less than that and still live like really comfortably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, the message, the message gets so warped, like, you know, depending on the kind of like level of capitalism going on in your family. Maybe.
1: And that's what I wish schools taught you more is like you do the financial literacy class. Yeah. And it's simple. Okay. Here's how to buy a house. And it's yeah. not really even too many details of, okay, loans and student debt and yeah. all of that. But it's like, okay, we're going to pretend like you have a job yeah. and here's your bills. Yeah. And the houses are reasonable. And the car that you can buy is reasonable. It's like, yeah. here's your five different... It's the game of life. Yeah. But the jobs they give you are, okay, very few of you, 2% are going to be doctors, but the rest are going to be marketing. Yeah. Well, what about the artists? Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. it's not even an option. I know. I is know. what's hard. Well, and one thing
0: that I think about a lot is, like, you know, I I paved a different... I took a different path than, like, other members of my family, um, you know, just because I was, like, so determined to, like, study music and specifically mm-hmm. to study jazz music which like I had to leave my home state to find a program that was good and I think like in the process of um being so what's the word like having so much gumption in like that area I just realized that like a lot of other things were kind of like not quite true but like yeah you know like the the kind of um you know things that had been presented to me as fact Um, in terms of like, you know, what are the ways that you can be like an adult, even things as simple as like, you know, I knew like professors that I, that were at my school who had like a one child Mm -hmm. and like the idea of like an only, only child was like. (laughs) shocking you know like would be not even something that you could consider or like heaven forbid no children yeah <laughs> which like i have no children now <laughs> um but you're not, uh, not bear. That i do i do and it <laughs> does count he's my like little guy but you know i mean like just no, just kind you. of seeing like oh these are like f- fully functional adult members of society mm-hmm. who've chosen all kinds of different things and you know i don't know seeing the way that Um, other people had crafted their lives kind of I think gave me a lot of it gave me new templates
1: to consider which it's sad though that it takes us and I was the same yeah takes us to be 24 before we realize there's other templates out there I mean
0: if you're lucky enough to get far enough away for you know if if you even ever see them
1: yeah (laughs) like
0: I think a lot of people like just truly never see them they go like their whole life without really knowing anybody well who has kind of made it you know vastly different choices. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to ask um you're an art therapist now. Mm-hmm. Um we can talk kind of h- about how you got there, but I I want to know like, you know, I I th- I assume I think hopefully accurately that therapy is also like pretty creative. Like you're problem solving with individuals and kind of thinking like what will help this person. And I'm wondering whether those creative skills, like you can trace any of that back younger, like just work with how you were thinking about people talking to people.
1: Oh, I was always wanting to solve people's problems and be a helper. Yeah. Um, I found it just natural for people to come to me and talk about their problems and I would listen, but I was also there to support them mm-hmm. and, would kind of come up with some solutions but ultimately was just hey I'm here for you what do you need and even if it was that shoulder to cry on or someone to laugh with or just to think things through yeah that was yeah that was me from a young age all the way remember
0: from a young age like being like I don't know if like not non-judgmental is the right word but like kind of thinking like thinking creatively about like well this person could be behaving this way because of all these different
1: things to a certain extent yeah yeah um I definitely so I am now marriage and family therapist okay. and an art therapist and I definitely remember thinking about the family aspects so one of like a mutual friend of mine was acting out and I remember someone being like oh he's so so crazy right now and this is like fourth grade yeah and what they didn't know is his parents were going through a divorce right. yeah yeah and so I was like, well, you don't know what's going on at home. It wasn't my information to share. Yeah, yeah. But then it was also rather than just, oh, the parents are going through a divorce. It was I was challenging that in my own head. Mm-hmm. I'd never like shared that with anyone, but it was OK. Well, what's going on that maybe how is the divorce affecting him? Is right. he having to do two different houses? Yeah. Things like that, that people in fourth grade are like they don't really care about. Yeah. <laughs> I was having those kind of internal dialogues. Yeah.
0: I was like that as a child too. And I I think for me it was because um, my parents are both like narcissistic and uh, I was kind of like a scapegoat uh, role in the Mm -hmm. family. And my family was very like, you know, upstanding in the community. So I think like, you know, knowing that I was dealing with things that people wouldn't have assumed kind of made me like presume that other people were also dealing with things that I didn't know about. And, you know, I don't know, I I feel like I I like thinking of like my own creative development in that way. Um, you know, as a as a thought process as much as like a doing process. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about like kind of cultivating those skills like before your formal training?
1: Um, the only other thing that I don't know how to word it, but I haven't really had super like a lot of trauma happened to me and I think that's such a big misconception Mm. is in order to be a therapist you have to have a lot happen personally to you
0: yeah I've never heard that
1: okay so like growing up I was always there for my friends and I witnessed a lot and kind of I don't want to say live vicariously through them, but I was yeah. there witnessing kind of... Had some
0: empathy, like, growing.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, it had the effects of, oh, okay, my best friend's parents are divorced or yeah. seeing abuse play out, seeing alcoholism play out. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the hard things that's... I Going into this, it was like, am I going to be okay because I haven't had it happen personally to yeah. me? So I did doubt myself, and that would kind of be my biggest thing mm. for people is just yeah. trusting your gut and not doubting yourself. You don't need to be perfect at everything.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't need to have personal experience to like have empathy about mm-hmm. what it's like to be a person.
1: Well, yeah. uh, some people think that yeah. though yeah. is the hard part. Huh. Yeah, I've never
0: heard that. I almost feel like it would, like you could you could get you could be guilty of like projecting things. If
1: yeah. You have your own. Well, and that's exactly yeah. You learn that. In, Grad school is how to handle your own crap. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because also with that projecting is, am I going to be able to relate though?
0: Sure, sure. On a
1: deeper level. So I'm younger, I don't have kids. Yeah. But I get the parents that come in and they're like, hey, help my kid. I'm like, well, you don't get it, you don't have kids. Sure. And my supervisor said this best, and I love it, is a doctor doesn't need to break every bone to know how to fix it. Right, right, right. Right. I don't need to have every single problem that you're coming in with to know how to fix it.
0: Well, I don't know if this is even right, but it's something that I think of is like because I'm a singer. So I I think about relating to characters, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes and and also like as a teacher, you know, my students will have issues that I've never had. And sometimes like I one thing that I think about is like, you know, the range of human experience is infinite. Like none of us have the same experience. But like. It, what we feel and how, like, our bodies, like, react is much more, like, similar than not. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, even though the, like, particulars of the situation are different, like, there's there's usually, the like, yeah, we kind of we're kind of made of the same machinery and yeah including like emotionally and mentally like that's true there's only so many emotions that we feel <laughs> yeah I, I that always it always feels to me like we meet in the middle with these with with most of the kind of structural stuff yeah <laughs> like the details are kind of you know minuscule when it important. comes to <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that feels kind of intuitive to me um so I was reading your bio and kind of looking through your website and just the list of mediums, like <laughs> every medium I was like, okay, how, and some of them I can see like with ceramics, like you take a class, but with some of the mediums, like are, are the, are all of your mediums things that kind of were given, you know, at some point someone was like, try this or are some of them things that you like had
1: to seek out? Oh, I sought some out.
0: Like, tell me like, I'd love to hear kind of everything that you had kind of at least dabbled in like by the time you like went to college
1: okay so by the time I went to college ceramics photography drawing I would say I dabbled in painting but it wasn't until my first college like painting class and learning actually like how to mix the paints and okay. oils so painting maybe or maybe not um you were still writing yeah and I've never really shared my writings. My writings have always just been for or me. For but yourself. yeah, that's always been a thing for me. Poetry and prose or just poetry? I tend to be poetry. Okay, cool. I'll come up with prose and like start writing, but then it turns. It like turns I, poetry. For some reason, I feel the need to rhyme. Yeah. So. <laughs> I get it, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was before college.
0: And then how did you decide like what to major in, where to go?
1: So... <laughs> I wanted to be a ceramicist. Okay. I was like, I'm going to be a joke, but I'm going to be a pothead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Um, I was set on Utah State University okay. until March. Like I had interviewed, I'd been accepted, I had scholarships. That's where I was going. Much of your
0: like senior year. Yeah. yeah okay. I had
1: all the gear, like that was decided. And then Westminster College sent me a letter in like January. I dismissed it. Got another one, and they were like, hey, just come tour our campus. And I was like, no, I'm already decided. Yeah. Went and did a tour, realized how small the campus was, loved it. Yeah, yeah. Fell in love with it. The biggest class size that they say they have is 25, and when I say they say that, yeah, It's because the biggest I had was 12 kids.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And it was so personal, and I loved how small it was, and just yeah. I could walk across campus without having to take a bus. Yeah. I was not middle of the mountains up in Logan. I'm not a snow baby at all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you remember at that time, like, what you thought a ceramicist, like, what that job looks like? Do, did you did, did you know?
1: Not really. Just making yeah. a ton of pottery and selling it everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anywhere and everywhere. All yeah. the art shows, Etsy, etc.
0: And were your parents
1: worried? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they did a very good job of hiding it, but yes.
0: How did you, like handle their worry it wasn't their life yeah okay that just felt intuitive to you
1: so it was like i appreciate your concern and your worry but until i literally cannot make a living whatsoever and i'm homeless then yeah until then like let me try yeah let me figure it out and so yeah so it was march i toured the campus i came home my parents were like how'd you like it i said well i'm going to westminster yeah, and they were like wait what and it was a split moment decision yeah and I switched schools
0: cool.
1: hindsight to be a ceramicist I probably should have stuck with Utah State yeah like Westminster definitely had a ceramics program but it was not known it's not it huge yeah. yeah and
0: there is something to be said I, I talk about this with my students sometimes like it's nice to have, like, one-on-one attention, mm-hmm. but it's all there's also something good about having, like, a lot of, like, competition. Yeah. A, you know, competition is one word for it, but also, like, inspiration. Like, oh, yeah. You know, having your peers kind of, like, raise the level of expectation is kind of cool.
1: And it was good for me because I liked being able to have a certain expectation but to be able to push myself rather than my teachers yeah so for example my first year it was like okay we need to make a set of four matching mugs and they're like if you went up to utah state you have to make four sets of 10 matching mugs wow and if you know anything about ceramics trying to make a matching mug that's the same width height dimension like coming out of the kiln the same spot like there's so much that you can't control but you can and so it was like okay, these four were already challenging me. I can't even imagine making 40 of them. Sure, sure. And so then I went and did tours up at Utah State like I had done before. Okay. We would go up to their museums. And it was like ultimately a better place for ceramics. But there's a reason that I wasn't, like that I didn't go there, honestly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: it felt just, it felt more right at Westminster.
1: Yeah. So, so oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, go ahead. that That leads me then into kind of, I guess, the art therapy part, though. If okay. you want me to get into that.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what do you want to say about, like, your bachelor's degree? If You know, so go go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I loved Westminster. Um, hindsight, if I wanted to do ceramics and become more artsy, I definitely probably should have gone to a different school. But I don't regret it. Like, I think it happened for a reason. Sure. Um, And the biggest thing that I loved about Westminster is so I it was my freshman year and they had put out this call for artists. And said, um, okay, we're looking for artists to teach art classes to kids, but also teaching core concepts in schools. Okay. So we're going to do five different groups, 10 different groups, and we're mm-hmm. going to send them into schools. It's going to be two to three people okay. per group. And rather than teaching math, two plus two is four, we're going to do, okay, two paint brushes plus like incorporating art to see if it would help learn it. And it was just kind of this giant study. Okay. So it's called the arts bridge scholar. And so, um, that's then I applied and got in and they gave us our group and everyone got groups in schools. And the professor that was running this said, okay, this is now my third, fourth year doing this. This is the first time that your group is doing something different. Okay. It's like, okay. He goes, we're going to send you into a hospital instead. Wow. And my mind freaked out. Like, yeah. I'm not going to be teaching kids math in a hospital. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And he said, We're going to be doing the basics of photography. So, what your concept is, is a day in my life. So, you're going to teach kids how to use a photo, how to, or how to use a camera, how to Photoshop, okay. and just capturing their life in the hospital. Okay, cool. And so I was so intimidated and was yeah. like, Scary. Yeah. I knew enough about cameras and, like, I had wanted to do photography just for fun, but how do I teach it to a seven-year-old? How do I go in with this privileged mindset of, here's this really nice camera and I'm going to a liberal arts private education school and you're seven years old on the heart transplant list? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So I was already, like, humbled. And I don't consider myself too, like, egotistical or very, like, full of herself, but... It was still one of those things that it was super intimidating. Yeah. And I went in and met my first client and she will forever stick with me. She had been in the hospital nine years old and had been in the hospital for more than three and a half years of her life. Oh my gosh.
0: Like her whole memory. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And so we're walking around the halls and she had to have two nurses with her walking around these halls and holding like her machines. And she was just this fragile little girl and she was the cutest though. Um... And we ended up having so much in common. Wow. And then she goes to take a photo of this like sculpture, um, that was up on the top floor of primary children's. And she's like, Oh my gosh, look at this. And she's like, how long has this been here? And this was like my third time working with her. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I've been here for a month and it's been here ever since I've been here. Yeah. And the nurse with her is like, I've worked here for three years and it's been here. And we're like, I don't know like what it got here. And she's like, I've never noticed it before. And then something else similar to that came up. And it was like, this girl has been in this hospital for three and a half years and yeah. has never noticed this. And it's not small, like this giant airplane sculpture. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, whoa, look at the effects that this camera can have yeah, on her to open her up her world. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, then we got back into her room and she had to do treatment. And it was she was crying and all of this. And it's like those commercials you see where the dogs come in and they forget about everything Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is really how it felt with art. And I was like, what in the world? So loved it at this point, this is January of my freshman year. So then go into my sophomore year and was like, you know, I, I want to do something more with art, but I hadn't heard about art therapy. Didn't know. At this point, I'm like, I'm going to be a ceramicist. Don't know how I'm going to make money. This is not going to work. My parents were right, but I'm not going to admit that.
0: Yeah.
1: We're still doing a ceramicist. Okay. Um, so for Christmas that year, my parents got me a um, jewelry ring, like metalworking okay. shop cool. class. Cool. And so okay. it was two of us and we went and I was talking to the teacher leader and she was like, have you ever heard of art therapy? Because mm. she was a full-time metalsmith. Cool. And I was like, no. And she's like, oh my gosh, let me connect you with this art therapist. Um, I have my daughter seeing her. She's amazing. And you would just love it. Yeah. So the next day, I went to one of um, the presentations and fell in love and was like, holy crap. I need, I'm meant to be an art therapist. Yeah. What is ceramicist? Cool. And I went up to her after the presentation and said, hey, my name's Mallory. We've never met. So she's a teacher up at the U and she was giving a grad school presentation okay. and I didn't even go to the U. I just yeah. went to this presentation <laughs> yeah. and I said, are you looking for an intern? And she just looked at me and was like, um, no, I've never had an intern. What? It, no. Yeah. Um, you were like, I'm your intern, but yeah. <laughs> and She was like, let's talk about it because it's interesting. I've never considered having an intern, but and so she's like, we can't pay you. And I was like, that's fine because I can get school credits for it.
0: Yeah.
1: And next thing you know, that's where the relationship started. Yeah. I interned with her for a year and a half, looked into grad school programs, decided I wanted to be an art therapist, told my parents and they were so supportive. And it was like, okay, now this is a way you can still do art and make money. Yeah. And you're not, but it was like, I still love ceramics and I still majored in yeah. ceramics, but my minor yeah. was in psychology. Then I looked into taking more psych oh, okay. classes. Okay. And it was that's when kind of the shift changed from, OK, I'm going to be a full time artist to
0: did was art therapeutic for you. Oh, totally. Like in
1: what way? So it was just so relaxing for me. And I would find that when I'm stressed that that would be my outlet.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's interesting because a lot of my if you look at a lot of my ceramics, they're so detailed Yeah. and it stresses some people out. Yeah. But for me, all of it is free handed. So yeah. none of it is like planned. But that's very much how I consider my life. Like, I will think of it in weeks and days and hours. And then I will add details to that and break it down. And people don't realize how planned I am. And it's funny because my ceramics teacher was like, okay, you're a planner. Uh Uh-huh, sure. And we actually ended up going to this national, like, ceramics convention. And day one, I got the portfolio of who was presenting and before I went yeah. to anything or even toured the exhibit, I sat down and I did, okay, Friday, 10 a.m., yeah. going to room 304 for this speech, 11 o'clock lunch break, like, and it was down to the hour for I'm a four-day like weekend. Too. Yeah. And my teacher is just looking at me like,
0: oh, you are a planner.
1: Can we yeah. go to the exhibit yet? And I'm like, you guys can go. It's only going to take me like 20 more minutes. Yeah. And then his eyes just like opened up and he just laughed and was like. Okay, this makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. And like knowing that about me, you can see a play out in my artwork is yeah. like how detail oriented it is.
0: I'm like that too. Like I feel like one it's one of it's like a medium. Yeah. Like the the planning like feels like its own medium. Yes. <laughs> and it feels like like a very important medium to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um this maybe is like a weird question. I'm not sure how to ask it, but a lot of the things that we deal with as artists like are very anxiety provoking mm-hmm. like those things I was talking about before rejection like yeah d- is your art valued like what happens if someone doesn't value it um did you like did you and do you deal with those things or do you oh, yeah. like you okay I was gonna ask if it kind of yeah I don't know if you can it. ever
1: like, be an artist and yeah. not get that rejection
0: yeah and how, how were you dealing with that stuff like at that point in your life like in your ma- in your bachelor's degree
1: Yeah. Um, it was hard because I wasn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. And learning that I was making art. That's one of my biggest struggles with art is how do you grade it appropriately? Yeah. So I'm not making art for my teacher. I'm making it for me. However, I need this vase to be 10 inches tall and it needs to be blue, like how to balance that. And so a lot of that rejection was... I'm meeting the requirements and it's not your cup of tea. You don't like the patterns on it. It's too crazy for you. Yeah. But I met the requirements and this yeah. is what I want to do. And it was kind of, how can I push the limits while still yeah, getting you the grade? You felt
0: like brave about that from the beginning. Yeah.
1: Cool. And then it was interesting because it was just like minor opportunities that would come up in college that it was, hey, we're opening a new coffee shop and um, we're having a presentation and we needed a new logo. And so someone designed that we're just having a logo design competition for a $10 gift card. And I'm like, ah, whatever. Like that'd be a good opportunity. Totally. Didn't think much of it. Well, then next thing, you know, here's my picture on this Yeah, yeah. or Hey, the literacy magazine. And I'm like, I'm not submitting any of my poems or anything to this needs a cover for their magazine. And I submitted one of the ceramics I had done that my teacher actually didn't like. And it ended up being the cover of this magazine. Yeah. And they asked me to come speak at the opening event about this piece. And I was like, it's right, there's what?
0: such important lessons. Like I reflect on this stuff. Like, th- like I will lay awake at night thinking about these kinds of things as a teacher and, and also just as hope, hopefully like a mentor, you know, mm-hmm. to other young artists. And, and also like, I'm trying to figure it out still too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let me know when you yeah, figure it out. Please. I mean, I hope it, I, in some ways I hope it never happens, but I I I don't know. I feel like these kinds of this balance between like I I've been wrestling a lot late, lately with the balance between um yeah, like like industry standards of excellence mm-hmm. versus like your gut instinct, your preference, like developing your own kind of taste and sort of uh you know, um your eye and yeah. your your attention to detail um versus like developing your inner you know i don't know like there's such tricky things to balance and so deeply subjective
1: and that's exactly i think what helped me though so much is this piece that my teacher hated so much ended up being cover of a magazine right that was voted on by the class and it was just like that was kind of a huge moment for me yeah you kind of realize like oh they don't just know it's not everyone's cup of tea Yeah, yeah. but then i would like i love going to utah arts festival yeah and i see things and i'm like how are you making a living off that? This is not yeah, art. Yeah, yeah. And then other people are in love with it and paying five hundred dollars. I'm like, what? What are you going to yeah. do with that? Like, not everything is going to be your cup of tea. Totally, totally. Um, I brought this book that I don't yeah. know if you've read, and I also like, I don't make any money plugging this, but it's called Art and Fear. Cool. And I had to read it for my, um, bachelor's, my senior show, and it's so interesting. Because it talks about putting yourself out there, yeah. And how do you sell your work or decide on a price? And how do you make yourself vulnerable? And how to put yourself like how do you sell yourself? Yeah. And so reading um, thing, I would can't wait. Okay. So let's see. Uncertainty and knowledge of materials are ine- inevitabilities that all artists must acknowledge and learn from. Vision is always ahead of execution. Knowledge of materials is your contact with reality, and uncertainty is a virtue.
0: Yeah.
1: So I highlighted that, like, uncertainty is a virtue. I love that. And just not knowing. um, Where materials have potential, they also have limits. But without your active participation, their potential remains just that potential. Oh, I
0: love it. Well, no, I, I mean, I would want to extrapolate this idea of material to also just, like, your resources like the yeah people that are resources in your life and yeah go ahead
1: no you're fine um so then like this chapter is finding your work um in the outside world there may be no reaction to what we do in our artwork there is nothing but reaction mm. so it just has like a lot of powerful points in it um it's yeah. called art and fear observations um by david B- bales b-a-y bales and ted ordlin yeah, maybe bales so. or maybe bayless yeah So if, I don't know, it's, I loved it. And it just challenged me thinking of like why I make art and how do I, because art is so personal too. So how do you then put it on a shelf and let people into your world? Because it's so vulnerable. Yeah. Why do you make art? Why do I make art? Yeah. For me, (laughs) because I love it. And it's something that's so calming for me and I am well doing it. And then if I do decide to share it, it's something that I'm proud of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do think, <clears throat> I I also think about this a lot, like artists who are making their full living from art, mm-hmm. I think have to really negotiate those things in such a scary way. Oh yeah. I, and I, I was just saying to another one of my guests recently, like, I almost feel like, you know, well, not almost, I, I frequently feel like, uh, having a, like a non art day job is like a better way to like, <laughs> Uh, protect and like invest in your art because you never have to I I don't know not in quite the same way grapple with like I think this is better but this is what people want to pay me for exactly yeah and that's what
1: I've learned like my ceramics teacher or working with other ceramicists out there is how I do what I do because I love it now so I'll go home and I'm like oh I want to do this and it's for me yeah and if I sell it great yeah. Versus having to okay, yeah, I just got an order for eight hundred mugs or whatever. I don't know why I keep going back to mug reference, but mugs it's like are just mugs are lovely. <laughs> yes, but it's like okay, I don't want to make this shape, I don't want to make this color, but yeah. I don't have a choice because this is what pays the bills. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, I want to stay in love with what I do yeah. rather than being. I don't want to turn what I love into a job. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I tend to feel like it's you know it's not a binary like. A lot of artists who, I think who, who do make their full living in art, they have kind of, a lot of us have like multiple, uh, jobs in art Yeah, and some of them are more pure and some of them like the, I've said this before, but the way that I kind of think of it is like, you know, one of the things I do for money is teach. And that certainly is creative and it gives Mm -hmm. a lot back to me, um, another thing that I do is like, I sing in like a wedding band and that doesn't feel creative per se, but it's great. Um, like it keeps my technique, like it's, it's, it's good, like athletic maintenance. No, totally. Um, and so, you know, that like contributes then back to like the stuff that feels more artful, but it does like, it does get, I get confused. (laughs) Like sometimes I feel clarity about it. And sometimes I feel like, all oh, let's see about it.
1: <laughs> well, and the one thing that with you as far as like being in this wedding band is I'm sure there's kind of like set prices, two hours, three hours. Yeah. And with teacher, this is what you get paid. Yeah. So for the visual artist, we then have to price our work. Yeah, yeah. And that's one that's I hated. I yeah. absolutely hated. We talked about it. I read so many books. I had classes. Yeah. And I still could never justify charging so much for my work, but it was also... Like, that's how long it takes. And yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, no, I yeah, this that. vase only took two hours to throw and trim and be done with it. But each little line I carved into it yeah. ended up being 10 hours. Yeah, and yeah. so I go to like Utah Arts Festival and it's, I'm paying $40 for a mug. And my friend's like, how are you doing that? You don't even understand. This is
0: handcrafted. And
1: then they go yeah. buy a $5 one. And I'm like, this is manufactured. Yeah. There's going to be 500 others. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so hard because unless you actually are an artist or someone that can appreciate the arts, you get just criticized for how much you charge. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. Like, I wish we had better literacy
0: for like what the value actually is here. Yeah. That, I mean, I mean, I'm a musician. Music in our culture is free. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I get this problem. Like, I mean, people don't. I mean, music is free. Like, I have three original albums out uh you know that i spent tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars making and the writing and everything that are free yeah (laughs) like they're on youtube they're on spotify like i make no money from them um and it's just that's just like how our culture is right Mm -hmm. now which is just it's too
1: bad (laughs) like yeah i don't know i think a lot about that like Yeah. And it's hard because for you, it's like, it's so authentic. Like you can't replicate that. Yeah. And you can't replicate your voice. Yeah. So for my ceramics, you can't make the exact same thing. Right. But. Yeah. And that's precious. And it, and it's worth money. But a machine can make make it. So why. Right. So you had asked earlier of like, what did I learn versus what did I pick up? Sure. So I picked up wood burning. Okay. And that's one of my really favorite ones right now. Cool. And I actually ended up doing a show in um it's it was with the utah pride center and yeah. so like a lot of the donations and it was like i'm not trying to make money for me but it was sad to see how undervalued the work was yeah yeah because i didn't care ultimately it's good like going to a good cause and the proceeds and everything but it was like if this is actually like an art show and that's what you have yeah. to know your audience to and your customers Because Mm -hmm. I'm selling a piece for $20, and that piece took me 36 hours. It's heartbreaking. So cool. I'm getting paid two cents an hour to work here. Yeah, yeah. But that's not why I do it. And that's, I think, ultimately also why I couldn't be just a plain artist is because... How it's do, heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. How do I justify yeah. something that I love so much is only making two cents an it's hour? It's
0: hard. This is what I'm saying. Like, I, I get all at see about it. Like, sometimes I feel so much conviction about it. And I'm like, I'm making this because, like, it matters. If it matters to one person, if it, if it just mm-hmm. matters to me, if it just changes who I am and helps me, like you know, become like the next kind of version of myself that I need to be like, that's worth it. Um, But then it's also like, but hey, wait, (laughs) like, yeah, you know, being kind of actively undervalued by, you know, so many other people um, hurts like that, that has like a significant
1: impact. And I was tired of justifying myself of here's why you should pay. Well, machine can make it or a 3d printer. You're right. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to justify like you're yeah. right. But yeah, I'm just like, yeah, you're right. It yeah. could. <laughs> well, and, I mean, it gets tricky because it's
0: like not everybody like could buy a $40 mug, but a lot of people can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I get feeling very like it's something like I'll talk about with other artists, like, you know, with music being free. I feel really strongly like if you are a person who has some disposable income, like you should be buying, buy the CD, buying merchandise, yeah, yeah from artists, from musicians. Like you know, it's we're never we're never gonna unring that bell. Like music is never gonna like not be free, yeah. anymore. Like YouTube's not going away, but like you know, there are ethics here yes. that like one should consider, <laughs> and like if you have the means, you know, do I do I think that like you know a 12 year old should be like using their allowance that way or whatever like whatever i you know yeah. maybe not maybe college students have better things to like m- like more they have like the higher level needs
1: you but know, buying but... it the extra five dollars to actually buy it authentically then
0: or even like when i'm playing in the wedding band and we're playing for people who are sometimes having like two hundred thousand dollar weddings and they're nitpicking like how much i want to charge to like do an extra hour of music yeah. i'm just like this is just inhumane yeah. like like you, what you're doing is telling me that like i'm not valuable but like you still want me here and <laughs> like, the way they say it too, like well
1: it's it's just the music like there's yeah. bigger like thi-
0: we yeah. are people who have like highly we're like highly specialized like you know i don't know like these kinds of like the way the perceived value versus the kind of real value like i don't know it's very hard to keep my mind wrapped around what I know the value is Yeah. when like the perceived value doesn't match. It's like, it's tricky. Um, what do you want to say about your time in grad school?
1: Uh, what about it? Um, so I actually did grad school out in Seattle, Seattle. I read this. Yeah. Um, it was the most challenging and rewarding thing probably to the state in my life. Um, I'd always lived around family and always kind of been in Utah. Yeah. And so to just kind of jump ship and do this was like, okay, here we go. That's a big, I I went, I went to a
0: place where I didn't know anybody for college too. And yeah, I'll never, ever regret it. Like I learned so much, like I learned so much in school, but I learned so much just being away.
1: And I told myself like, I would never let a boy decide my decision. And it's true. Like I had looked at schools West coast. I knew I didn't want to go on the East coast, but my husband at this time was military and so he was in his training all the way out in, um, South Carolina. Okay. So he's literally complete opposite side of the country. Then he goes to Alabama and after Alabama, it was like, oh, there's a good chance you'll end up like back in Colorado or something. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. I am going to Washington. Like, this is going to be hard. We had been dating. You were already married. Okay. You weren't no, married so yet. we weren't married. So we were dating at this point for five years, yeah. six years. And so... I was like, hey, and I had called him because he was in his training at this point. And I was like, I'm going out to Washington. It's yeah. decided I need to at least like start my life. Not that it hadn't been started, but like I can't just I know you wait and see yeah. where you go. Yeah. So moved out to Washington. My parents were terrified. And it's funny because a family friend of mine called me. And I say family friend, our parents are really close and we had grown up together, but we like weren't close. So it wasn't like we frequently talked. Yeah. The last time I talked to him was maybe like four years ago at his yeah. high school graduation. And I went to grad school right after undergrad because I knew if I took a break, I would not go yeah, back. I yeah. was <laughs> like, same. I just got to push through. I did the same thing. Yeah. And so he had called me and I was like, why is he calling me? Like, this is the most, so I was like, hi, is everything okay? Like, yeah. that's how I answered the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I, my parents told me you're moving to Seattle. Okay, I am. Hi, like, yeah. what do you want? And he's like, I want to move out there with you. Okay, okay. like, was, like, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, No, like, I've been looking for a change. I don't know what I want to do after school. Can I move out there with you? And I was like, Are you being serious? And I was like, I feel like my parents are like setting you up for this. And he's like, no, like, I really want to go. And I was like, okay. So then I call my parents and they're like, we had talked to his parents and they said that he might want to go, but like, I think it'd be so good. It's a man. It's someone, you know, and I was like, okay, so you <laughs> yeah. want me to be protected. Yeah. Well, it ended up working out. So we lived together for the first year. Cool. And it was nice to kind of have a little bit of home out there yeah, with yeah, me yeah. and have protection that I wasn't living on my own. Well, then about a month into living out there, my husband calls me, well, now husband at this time, yeah. boyfriend. Um, and says, hey, I just got where I'm going to be stationed. We got to put down three places. So I put Colorado, Hawaii, and something else. Um, and I didn't get any of those. Oh, gosh. And I was like, great. You're going to go to, like, Japan. Like, that's yeah. just how it's going to be. Yeah. And he's like, I'm actually getting stationed out in Washington. Wow. It's an hour south of where you live. Oh, my gosh, Mallory. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> you're kidding me. So he moved out there. Our lease was up. So he moved out there in January. Me and my friend's lease was up in july and he actually my friend was like oh i want to move up north and i was like that's perfect i want to move down south yeah so i moved down south got an apartment on my own but it was near the base where my husband was at cool um and then really started to like meet some military boys with him and his friends and it started to feel like home cool um grad school was downtown seattle yeah cool um i loved it in the sense of what I was learning and who I was with yeah. <laughs> didn't love the commute or the price of yeah. living in Seattle. Yeah, um, Grad school is one of the, why I say it was so rewarding and challenging is because it was like, like I said, the first time that I was away from like what I knew in my comfort zone yeah. while also exploring like the whole first year of grad school is like exploring your life and your traumas and
0: wow, interesting
1: your history because you need to know this about yourself. So that when you're sitting with a client, you're not, you're not projecting. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And so, like I said, I kind of had like trauma, trauma, like super severe, yeah. but it was still like exploring like the deaths in my family or like even if the natural causes yeah. and then also getting to hear, then you also have to be vulnerable and share it and hear your peers. Yeah. And so sitting in a room of 20 students who are sharing their traumas and their abuse and history was like, holy cow. People are dealing with stuff. And it was one of the hardest things of sitting there and it was beautiful too because at this point we're all crying and we're human even now to this day i'll sit with a client cry right Mm. but it's like okay now we're actually going to start the work now that we've got that out here's and learning the skills and practicing it and it was so rewarding because as much as i hated recording myself like looking back on how i would react on my very first session with mock session to now is like whoa yeah yeah Um, I made so many friends, but like one of my best friends lives in Oregon and we will go to concerts together (laughs) and still see each other and talk to each other literally daily. Yeah. Um, and what was the art like? So then the art aspect was amazing. And this was the biggest challenge for me is art therapy is about process, not product. Okay. Okay. I love that. And my little art brain doesn't understand that. Oh, mine does. But tell me. And still tell doesn't understand it. it.
0: Like, <laughs> I love process. I'm like so into process. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But I
1: will find myself still. So it's hard because I can flip that switch on and off. So sure. like I go home and I'm like, OK, product. Right. But like I'll be sitting with a client or even doing my own work in grad school or still to this day. And I'm like erasing. And my teacher, bless my teacher, was like Mallory. You have got to just let it go. And I was like, I can't, like, this needs to be how it is. Yeah. And they're like, what is it about? What's going on right now? And I was like, nothing. It just need-. and they're like, no, something's going on. Yeah. Well, then we tap into it and it's like, okay, this is my anxiety. This is me wanting to get a good grade. And my teacher's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So my teacher says, I'm going to take your pencil and here's a pen. Oh, yeah. and I still, to this day, love it, but resent it yeah. <laughs> so yeah. much. Yeah. And I couldn't erase. And I was like, how do I, how do I draw with a pen? I don't know how to do this. Yeah where's the eraser. And in that moment, that was probably like, maybe six months into grad school and grad school is two and a half years. And it was like, okay, that was probably my turning moment of like, what am I trying to say? And what am I, what is it about not being able to erase more so than it being beautiful? And that's when I really dabbled with painting So I had done painting classes and I learned that this is the proper way to mix paints. And my teacher one time was like, okay, we're going to explore with paints today. So how could you do this with your clients? And we put out a bunch of different paints and it was like, okay, so if you have a kid, you could do finger paints, but it's finger paints only for kids. And so we're learning about the media and medium and also learning what it's, who it's appropriate for and who it's not. While also saying like, okay, well, it is appropriate for kids. Could you still do it with adults who are perfectionists like many of us were? Yeah. And so my teacher challenged us, okay, dip your hand in this and just smear it across your paper. Okay, now make art out of this. And it's like, so many of us would just start using our fingers and try and be precise. And the teacher at that time was like, what are you guys doing? Like, just be messy. Yeah. Let it go. And that's, that challenged so much in me, but I even find myself doing that with clients now of like. I see so much of myself in them of like just let it go. Yeah. It's going to be okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, kind of that exercise of like shifting your perspective, like shifting your paradigm. Yeah. I I see that a lot too with my students. They'll get like and I do it too. I uh, I do think this kind of like, you know, reframing is like somewhat intuitive for me. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, like kind of getting in like a getting in like a tunnel where they see like no other options I feel so restricted by that but there are so many paths
1: and And it just says that that destination is even the right one you know but so much of that i attribute to art classes in school and this is the right way you draw a face this is the right way that you do this
0: yeah yeah or just culture i Uh mean our culture our culture is so mono like in so many ways
1: um you want to make a vase or a water pitcher you're not going to drill a hole in the side of it and call it a water pitcher sure Sure. Right. Yeah. Sure. If you're gonna do a wedding song, you're not gonna go screamo. Like, there's a right and wrong way to do. Yeah. So and I think that was the hard part for me. But then I also loved in grad school was learning, like, going back to that media part is learning that not everything is good for clients. So depending on what they're going through will also shape what I pose to them. Sure. Um. So someone with anxiety if i just say okay what do you want to do today like what art project yeah that's so overwhelming for them yeah 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 versus being very specific um then there's a difference in like the wet and dry materials right wow. so paints ceramics um modge podge like glue and stuff can be very triggering for people of abuse sure. specifically like sexual abuse interesting which like it makes sense but you yeah. don't think about it yeah 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 and so like the sounds the textures the feels so like just certain things there's so much that it was like oh that
0: makes sense yeah 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 cool um when I was talking to Katie about you yeah um she was like oh my gosh you have to talk to Mallory she's just like an art genius um and I (laughs) like I should I I should have asked Katie like what should I talk to Mallory about
1: (laughs) but I I have a feeling that
0: maybe you know
1: it's Um, funny because I actually so Katie and I are close and like we're still like Facebook friends but we did the arts bridge scholar. Okay. Okay. So I did that all four years in college. Okay. So she was not my first one. She was like my third and we did a claymation. Okay, cool. Cool. But yeah, we don't like talk super often. So when she was like, she recommended you, I was like, Oh, do you, so
0: maybe I'll just ask you like, are there any other things as we're kind of wrapping up that you want to like philosophize about art, about people, about creativity, about identity?
1: Oh, that's, that's a lot. (laughs) Any of, you know,
0: any, whatever you're interested in, or we could go through all four. (laughs) So, okay. So art with philosophy. Just anything that you like, any, any, do you have like, do you have like topics that you feel like you just like are passionate about and like have
1: wisdom about that you want to share? Don't be afraid to try. Yeah. Like YouTube can go so far. Books can go so far and just practicing and making those mistakes and learning new techniques so all of the things that I've done were pretty much like taught like this is how you do it but the one that you asked like oh was it it all taught or did you pick it up so wood burning was self-taught my wood burnings and it was again in grad school it was try something that you've never done before and believe it or not um my best friend was like I've never done paper mache and I was like neither have I yeah. And here we are, 24, like we've never done paper mache. Yeah, and you're all like artists. <laughs> yeah. So we go over to her apartment and we're working on this paper mache project. And she has this wood burning up and she's like, oh, my mom's like cousin or whatever did this. And I was like, oh What's my God, I want to try this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go home and look at YouTube and I'm like watching this video and I'm just mem- mesmerized. And the next day I'm at Hobby Lobby and Michael's buying these things. Cool. Having never tried it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not knowing if I'm buying the right tools, what I'm doing. I saw the outlet and was like, okay, you plug this in and here's an on-off. Let's, let's go.
0: I think like the underlying thing here is like just these these are like, these are not risks, you know, like, like just trying something. Like yeah. I think so many people feel such fear. Um, the stakes are nothing. <laughs> like, no. Like when you're trying something brand new, like... Oh, what if i'm bad at it oh you would will be
1: yeah <laughs> like the stakes are nothing like, so the only thing that's like bad about it is that you have to spend some money to get started right right but even asking people in your neighborhood or like going on to facebook marketplace craigslist like yeah i find scrap wood all the time so yeah. like yeah now that i'm more experienced i recognize okay it's a little bit harder to wood burn on something with a ton of grains yeah. in it so i should sand it down but like just trying these things. There's no risk to like just yeah. No, and I absolutely love it. Like I yeah. have a wheel at home, but I don't have access to a kiln, and so right now my ceramics has kind of taken a backburn like back burner, and I plan to like one day have a studio and still get back into that. But for now, this has been my go to art. Yeah. And I would have never known that had I not seen something. Yeah. So when you go somewhere and you see, oh my gosh, look at like I've never knitted before, but You see, excuse me, you see like a hat or something and you're like, I want to try it. Just not being afraid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have thoughts about
0: perfectionism?
1: (laughs) You're asking a perfectionist about perfectionism. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have so many thoughts. Like (laughs) what? Maybe like, I'll just say like
0: this thing that you just said, like that feels to me like not perfectionism. Like just like, whatever, I'm going to try it. I have an idea. I'm going to try it. That feels like that, that that isn't like perfectionism that feels like the antithesis of perfectionism to me yeah so what do you think so it's interesting because
1: the mediums i choose challenge my perfectionism and mm. i think that's why i gravitate towards them yeah cool so it's interesting wood burning i make a mistake and yeah to a certain extent you can stand it but you're still going to have that mark it's because it goes burned in the wood it goes deep yeah. right ceramics if i mess up okay we can start over let's say i'm throwing a vase okay So I'm throwing this vase and it falls down. Okay, well, let me start over. Let's say I make it to the point of trimming. Well, then I trim through the bottom. It's not something that I can just add a little patch of clay when I'm adding the foot. Like, it's ruined. Yeah. Well, then I glaze it and I'm like, oh, it's going to be such a beautiful red. Well, the placement of the kiln is going to change the color. Is the glaze properly mixed? The chemicals. Did I mix it long enough? So it's on the top shelf of the kiln It's purple. The bottom, it's blue. The back... And glazes can pick up colors from other pots that are nearby it. Mm. And so, so much of that I can't control. Yeah. So not to like put down or diss or anything to like painting or drawing. Yeah. Drawing we can erase. Yeah. Markers, colored pencils, painting, we can do a darker color. Yeah. Right? Do you feel like you have chosen those
0: mediums like because you're aware of like what perfectionism like would do to you? If you- Yeah yeah
1: and so that's the other thing too when thinking about perfectionism is challenging that yeah and letting it go and so just going back to my pen example of like oh why are you making me do this give yourself a limitation but letting yourself be uncomfortable yeah Yeah. and controlling what you can and And
0: one thing i wish people knew is that that takes practice oh yeah you you'll get better at being uncomfortable things that used to make you uncomfortable don't so much anymore
1: oh they still will though <laughs> yeah 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 sure yes
0: <laughs> but i maybe even just like the idea of picking up a new medium is like yeah the more you do it the less terrifying it is i don't
1: know and what happens when i'm not perfect at it when i fail when i doesn't look like a picasso so what like yeah, yeah
0: that's what i said meant before like the risks are nothing yeah like then you just call it a you know a first draft like mm-hmm. you call it a learn, you call it learning and yeah. you proceed like, you know, so you're not going to sell that one. Fine.
1: <laughs> and the, new like one. the last thing I would say, like based on perfectionism is when thinking about it, going back to like your phrase of, so what challenging it and what if it isn't perfect? If, unless you're going into a new medium or trying this, or even if you've been doing it for 500 years and you're going to try just a little bit different yeah. and you fail what's the worst case that's going to happen like yeah. what's and that's kind of that worst case scenario thinking when I do a lot with my clients I'm like okay then what and ultimately rarely does it ever end up at okay I could die or I'm going to yeah. die or the world's going to end
0: how do you think about like the value of a piece of art like how do you, how do you think about like Like almost as like a consumer, as a viewer, like how do you kind of personally like measure the value of, of different works of art? I know it's like a, you can't answer it, but like, what
1: what are your thoughts? So ultimately it's with how I resonate and I'm willing to spend money on art. My husband is like, he supports it, but it's like, we could literally just get this at the store for like 10 bucks.
0: Yeah. It's like a, it's an ethics thing though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Totally. But I, how I justify if I'm going to spend something is, did I feel something when looking yeah, at it? Yeah. So I'll go into a store, I'll go to the arts festival. And if I connect with it, or first of all, if it draws me in, okay, well, then there's something. If I want to touch it, if I can touch it, yeah. if I'm just staring at it, trying to understand it, then there's something there. There's a story there. Um, the ones that I don't really resonate with, like there are booths that I'll pass, And that doesn't mean it's not worth paying for. Yeah, it's just not my cup of tea to you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then finally, um, what what are your thoughts about like, um, whether your identity like makes itself into your art, whether your art like informs your identity, like, what are your thoughts on the relationship between like the art you make and your identity?
1: Oh, the art I make is a thousand percent me. Yeah. So you'll notice with how I dress, I love patterns. With how my life is going down to that hour by hour. You can see that in my ceramics. So I do carved works and it's freehand. I'm just taking a small tool. If it's cutting out, if it's stamping, it's that repetition. You see that in the wood burnings is the small Mm -hmm. little repetition. And a lot of the works that I do right now are called like the Zen doodle, where it's like the crazy designs. Yeah. Um, Painting, drawing, like so much of myself comes out and i don't know this isn't to say it's impossible but i don't know how you make art without putting yourself into it well i i've i've asked
0: this question to a lot of artists mm-hmm. and um, some of my guests will will say things like like everybody says their art is related to their identity but some people will say it's a one-to-one like everything you see about me you can see traces of it in the art he's doing his little stretch yeah. <laughs> bear come here um some people will say you know there's a a really important part of my identity that makes itself into the art that you won't see like i know it's me but there's no evidence like of it in the rest of my life some people will say like i don't know i just follow my curiosity and then kind of later i realize what it's about um but i like this idea that like it, it is like process right like you like patterns and you're gonna like you exec- your you probably uh, do you plan like, no okay interesting yeah so that's different so like-
1: with like my ceramics or wood burnings is i'll make like what i guess you would call guidelines which are basically i kind of wrote this in my artist statement is it's like those are like the weeks like i can't change the weeks or the days okay cool but the details that are inside the days are what's free-handed awesome so with that. the wood burn or with the ceramics i'll put it on the wheel and i'll i don't measure but I'll use a tool and carve horizontal lines all the way around it, the symmetrical part. And I eyeball an inch apart and there will be 10 lines that are roughly an inch apart. Oh, cool. And the rest is just free handed after that. Do you feel
0: artistic about the way that you think about your weeks and versus days? Like, does that feel like, does that light you up in like a similar way? It's interesting you say, I've never thought of it that way. I mean, I guess it could be artistic. Like, I'm wondering if like, you know, this is like a, this is a belief system. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. And, and I've it, never and really kind of like thought of it. I just know that it helps me go on with my day to day and yeah. knowing where I need I to like be at what that. time.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think it's a beautiful philosophy. Like, and I really relate. Cause I'm also like a planner. Like yeah. I think in very similar types of structures, like, uh, like my brain is very structural and my life is very structural, but like, I plan places in that structure mm-hmm. for like chaos. And that feels like, It feels creative and it feels like artful to me. And I think that's probably reflected in the art that I make too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just wondering if like kind of those like the like the art you make is like, you know, a a thematic expression of like my life. Kind of
1: like a it's cool though. Probably. One last thing too, before we yeah, end, please,
0: I was going to say, like, is there anything else and when I you have, like, say two little questions?
1: Yeah. When you yet. say like, is it in my, in my life? Like, do you, I see myself in my artwork or vice versa? Mm. It's interesting from my perspective, those that say that they don't. So working what I do as an art therapist. So I'm, I work at a primary job, but then I also work at a residential treatment center okay. for teenagers and they're there for nine months up to like two years. But it's interesting because we do daily art groups, but each student will have it once a week. And so even over a week, they'll start with a large piece of paper, all black. And by the end of the year and a half, it's small and colorful. And it's like, oh, these don't relate whatsoever. Like, oh, Mallory was not in those pieces. Right. But what we do at the end of their stay is called an art review. And you lay out all of the pieces starting from where you are. And even though they don't think that they're in their artwork, okay, here, it's all black and big. Well, that's how your problems felt. It was overwhelming. It was too much. It was dark. Yeah. Wait, what happened six months in? Why is this neon pink one? That's a five by seven coming out. Oh, that's when I fell in love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even if we say that our, like my personal belief, when we say that our art doesn't impact our life or the our life doesn't impact our art oh it totally does and you can see it play out
0: I think so too I almost feel like yeah again like I'm thinking about this all the time because I I just I don't know I I tend to be like a a pensive type of a person and I like to solve problems and so much about art feels so like beautifully mysterious Mm -hmm. but also like I'm always I'm just always thinking about it and sometimes I feel like yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm like making art and then like I understand what it is in retrospect. Sometimes I feel like I have a big jumbly feeling and mm-hmm. like I want to kind
1: of like parse it out. Like, And that's where art therapy comes in is so mm. like art therapy isn't art class. I'm not going to yeah. teach you how to draw. Yeah. And it just bridges the gap between the left and the right brain. Yeah. is yeah. It's a lot easier to just scribble and be like, this is how I'm feeling. I can't put it into words. Yeah and that's where the art comes in is it allows you to express yourself and to just a picture says a thousand words, like literally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then sometimes I get like a little jumbly about the fact that like, it is so much me, like the art that I make is Mm -hmm. so much me, but, and then, but is it for other people too? And I, I sometimes feel like, yeah, there is like, for, for those of us who have the means or the temperament to create, Like there's a service there, you know, you can kind of like, it's like you've laid out a blueprint for someone else to kind of
1: experience a similar transition or. Well, how do I also create that art and be so vulnerable and then sell it and be like, this was, I mean, you'd look at Adele's recent music of, Hey, this is my divorce. Here you go
0: world. Right, right, right. There's something like Yeah. It's almost like, well, if it's me, like, is this vanity or like, is it a service or is it like a triumph? Is it bravery? Mm -hmm. Like, and yeah. Or, or is it like completely self-indulgent? Yeah. (laughs) And the answer is yes. All of the
1: above. (laughs) (laughs) And it's,
0: (laughs) it's interesting though. It's, it's a bizarre thing, but I think such a beautiful thing. I guess, um, maybe finally, I'll just ask if there's anything that you want to say about one of my pet like topics on this podcast is like, I love talking about using our creative skills to, like, be better people. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and I don't mean our hard skills, but, like, our, our brain skills. Is there anything else you want to say about, like, applying, you know, creative framing, like, to people? Or anything about what you know about, I don't know, how creativity relates to, like, being a human?
1: Um... Ooh. how it relates to being a human is I think the, with art, it's so personal mm-hmm. and it's not something that can be, there's no right or wrong. And so with being a human, yes, there are some things that are right or wrong. Like you probably shouldn't drive down the wrong side of the road, but just like with art, with the taking chances and doing the uncomfortable There is no right or wrong with life. Yeah. So that's a pretty broad statement because- I like it. (laughs) I think
0: it's really beautiful.
1: There is right and wrong. Yeah. But ultimately- Mostly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, mostly pretty flexible. There's three different roads I can take. Yeah. Okay. And so either way, I know I need to drive on the right side of the road. Yeah. But depending on what road I take, I'm still going to do the right thing by driving Mm -hmm. on the right side- going to speed limit, but each thing's going to have a different outcome.
0: Well, and you might make that decision based on where you came from. Or like one thing I'm, I always feel curious about with people is like, I want to know what your intention is. Like what was your reasoning and like choosing that thing? And yeah. like, you know, it could be the same choice, but the reasoning could be, you know, a lot of shame or something, or the reasoning could be like something really beautiful. Um, yeah. I think like just kind of feeling in the same way that we feel investigative about a new medium, um, and curious about a new medium and flexible about a new medium. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we can apply all those same things to a new person.
1: Yeah. Being open, being flexible, giving things the chance.
0: Yeah.
1: I can take the left road. It's, we, it's not like we can't make a U-turn. You yeah. can turn back around and decide you want to do the middle one. Right. When meeting people, being curious, being open, exploring it. Yeah. I mean, going about the opportunities that present themselves is also just, I mean, I view it just similarly to art is, I don't know if this is going to be right and I don't know what I'm doing and that's okay.
0: Yeah, I really agree with that. Like, this person could be end up being someone who I'm really good friends with. This person could be end up being someone I never talked to. This person could hurt me. Yeah. And like... We don't know.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we don't. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, (laughs) right? Yeah.
0: But I think I believe, I like feel pretty optimistic about people. And I think like more often than not, like, you know, people have
1: like it's connections that we make with other people are are more often than not good. (laughs) Well, that goes back into the art therapy is process, not product. Yeah. Even if they don't end up being good, what did I learn from them? What was the process of meeting them, being friends with them, yeah, working for them. Totally.
0: And you never know what that connection will be later. Like, I feel like this all the time. Like, I'll be teaching a new student and I'll kind of, rem- it'll recall, like, I'll recall a colleague, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'll recall, like, another artist that I know and think, like, I think you might be, like, this person and, like, the knowledge that I have of that person is going to help me, like, build a blueprint for you yeah yeah um it's just data you know
1: <laughs> it really is uh
0: and it's and it's media right like it's yeah. like in mediums like you know i don't know it's cool okay i ask everybody at the end what's your dream collaboration someone or a group of people that you'd love to work with it could also be like an institution if
1: you oh you should prep me for this one
0: <laughs> i never do it's like on this day like what's the first thing that comes to your mind
1: It's hard because I'm like, I'm so, it sounds about out of touch with formal art that I couldn't even throw out like an artist's name. It could be like a therapist
0: or like a creative, you know, or an institution, like somewhere you'd maybe like to do art therapy or a a type of a,
1: a dream structure for an art therapy environment. I can't think of the name, but there's a school in China that I really wanted to like would be awesome just to learn their approach to ceramics.
0: Can you tell me like something about Um, it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's
1: like, it's, I can't, and and this is terrible. I can't even remember the name of like the perfectionism doesn't exist and they'll break things and put things back together, but then learning like. Oh,
0: are you talking, is that that one where they do the gold? Yes. I think it's Japanese. No, I don't know.
1: I don't even remember. See, this is is me. (laughs) So China does really good throwing things. So that would be one. Yeah. The other one that I always wanted to do, and here comes in, like, the fear of failure, is the New York fashion for, des- like, school fashion design. Cool. I know nothing about sewing. I did one sewing class and thought I was all cool because yeah. I can make a pillowcase in <laughs> cool. seventh grade. Yeah. But I love Project Runway. Yeah, it's Guilty pleasure. It's to, like, dabble in in your 40s. And it amazes, yeah, it amazes me, though, like watching project runway how quick they can like yeah i mean i'm sure it's probably the same with someone that's never touched ceramics or a wood burner where it's like how can she do it that quick yeah yeah but i watch these shows where it's like you get 24 hours and they come up with this huge met gala ballroom dress and sew it that i think that would be so cool to even just watch and or participate i mean i would spend my whole time learning how to thread a needle yeah but (laughs) I, I think that it. that would probably be like my dream collaboration is just a medium that I've never really explored. I guess. Cool. that's great, that's awesome. And then finally, where can people find
0: you and your work?
1: Um, <laughs> so pretty much um, com. Okay. Backslash create. Okay. Um, that's my website. I haven't updated it in a while. That's okay. But um there and then as far as like therapist, I work at unified family therapy.
0: Okay, cool. So. And that's where the art therapy happens too? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. It was yep. so great to meet you. <laughs> Likewise.